It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We are back on the Flow Track Podcast. Day four recap coming to you from Austin, Texas. I am Kevin Sully. Joining me from somewhere else in the United States. We don't know. He's at a secret location. He's not good. He has all of his gambling winnings now. It's Gordon Mack. Hello, Gordon. Hey man, how you doing? Did you miss me? How was was yesterday's pod all right? You didn't listen? You didn't listen I, to the I, I've been Italian on the road, job pod. It was a sensational podcast. It would have been great to have you on that podcast because that men's hundred as well was was just such a stunner. It was cool to hear everybody's reaction, but no, it was cool to to chat with with Serenity. Pod was was great. We talked obviously about that stunning men's hundred and all the other action that happened yesterday. The Barshim Tambiri tie world record from Ulamar Rojas. There was a there was a lot going on yesterday, especially um, when it came to the field events as well, too. But today we have two distance finals at the end here, Gordon, and we have we have Safan Hassan completing one leg of the Hassanathon here. She is now eleven thousand five hundred meters complete with thirteen thousand meters to go and she picks up her first gold medal. And she does it on a day when she had to run in the morning session as well, too. So this is the only time that she'll have to run two races in one day. The pace was comfortable early on. They went 8.59 through 3K. And Hassan did what Hassan has done throughout her career, which is close really hard. 57 point for that last 400. I didn't think she was even going to attempt to do three events and now that she has one down and just judging by how she's looked so far you got to say this is shaping up pretty nicely for for Hassan yes it's shaping up pretty nicely um but I would say though this 1500 that she has coming up it's definitely going to be the Mm -hmm. hardest of the three looking now seeing how this 5k unfolded 
I do think uh, Kipiegan is going to be incredibly uh, an incredibly tough challenge for her to do. But if she were to pull mm-hmm. off the 15, then all that momentum, she's going to be a super lock in my mind for that 10K. I think it's either going to be gold, silver, gold, or gold, gold, gold. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm, I'm guessing. I think no matter what, she's going to win that 10K. Based on what we see here in this 5K, her kick coming off of a, a prelim, which, you know, we could argue like, oh, double. And I don't think that prelim really took much out of her. It was in the morning. In in reality, she well, all she did was ran. She did run a pretty fast a last four. After she yeah, but it's 400 meters. What is If you run a fast 400 meters at like 9 a.m., how much does that take out of your legs at eleven at ten p.m.? I don't know. If, if you're Stefanos on, you're apparently not much. You're right. Yeah. If you're Stefanos on, not much. Correct. I gotta charge my computer. Hold up. Yeah. Well, listen. While you charge your computer, I'll just I'll just say this. Each event posed a different challenge when you look at it. So five thousand was the only one that she had to do with multiple running events on, on the same day. The fifteen hundred, it has. Her greatest rival, I think, her greatest individual threat in Kip Yegon. And then the 10,000 is at the end. So that's the race that's the longest, but also you have the cumulative toll of all the races that come before it. But there was a lot of talk about Obiri in this race being like a rival for Hassan. And I understand that because she won the 5,000 meter world title in 2019 when Hassan didn't run. But I thought Sagai would have been the greater threat here. She's run 353 indoors in a 1500. So she's got that top level 1500 speed that someone like Hassan has. And she'd run 1413 in a 5K. And Hassan put her in the and rear. She was undefeated this year. She was undefeated yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. And Obiri, she's a gamer, was, was right there at the end and, and gets up for silver. All credit to her. But this might be the quote-unquote weaker of the three fields, but none of these races are going to be walkovers for Hassan. Like, she's going against historical greats in all of them. With Kip Yegon, you have someone who just ran that 351 in Monaco. With uh, Sagai and Obiri, you have people who have run 14 teens, and Sagai has run 353. And then in the 10,000, you have Letsunet Kide, who's the world record holder. So there's triples, which we never see, and then there's this. This is so far beyond anything we've seen before. And it's also, I feel pretty confident saying, it's going so far beyond anything we're going to see in in the, the near future here, just because the level of competition that she's going to go against to do this is is remarkable. There aren't any weak events in the three that she's trying here. I mean, can you think of any great athlete, male or female, in the past 10, 20 years? that could even attempt something like this, assuming this schedule, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, look back at past 5K, 10K, 1,500-meter champions in both the men's and women's side. I mean, Mo Farah, obviously, is the one who's won a bunch of 5 and 10s, but do you think Mo Farah could have ever done a 5, 10, 15 triple? Well, funny enough, I think if you look at the all-time list, Mo Farah's 1,500, just on pure times, is his best time relative to to the world list but no no there's nobody there's nobody out there she stands alone and in a way the 
Doha World Championships was practice for this. We thought that was just an aberration because the schedule was weird. Oh, ha, ha, ha. She does the 15 and the 10. That's a, that's a quirky situation. And she gets it done in, in both those races. And Kipyegon was good in that race, but Kipyegon is better now than she was and had been better previous. So you, you can chalk it up a little bit to that. But no, that's what makes this so, so audacious by her is just there's no there's no precedent for it getting done in this era um john galt from let's run posted a thing about you know it'll be the best achievement in women's distance running and i was like well what about men's distance running too and obviously go back to emil zadepec you know in the in the 40s and 50s and he tripled at the olympics running 5 10 and marathon but just the depth of distance running in the world right now is so much different than it was 70 years ago it's hard to to compare. You could look at other doubles and other singular amazing performances. But what she's going to do, and she's only a third of the way through. Let's let's be clear. She's still got two legs of this thing to go. It looks pretty good. What did you think? We always talk about team tactics in distance races. And I think it's one of the most overused terms because it rarely happens. And when it does, we don't even know how much effect it has. We saw in the men's 10,000 with Kissa of Uganda going out there and nobody, nobody following him. But it was used a lot during the Mofera era, Gordon. Oh, are the Kenyans going to work together? Are the Ethiopians going to work together and make things fast? Here you had a situation where I think most people thought the faster the pace, the better for the field, right? Tire Hassan out just because the cumulative effect of all these races. But in order to do that, it requires cooperation, not just from the people in the race, but you're asking cooperation from people throughout three different events here to make things hard on Hassan. And that means almost Kenya has to play nice with Ethiopia to work together to get the pace going, which is why I don't think it's, it's going to happen. Kip Yegon on her own is going to be an incredible threat and tough to beat. But what did you think about this race? and? just how easy it was for Hassan and how nicely it fits into what she's trying to do over these next few days. Like, do you think this was the easiest path forward for her? Were you surprised that people didn't make it harder on her? Yeah, I'm always surprised sitting from the couch. Why, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? But then I always have to remind myself, they don't give a flying lick of what we think or what people think is the best strategy. The only strategy they care about it's not like the, you know, ten foot wide looking. What's it from? I had to do analogies. Like like looking at all the permutations in the room. They're thinking about themselves, yeah. and they are. They're not thinking about the. They're not like ooh, big bad scary Hassan. They're just thinking, go into this race, run how I normally run to try to win races, and don't think yeah. about the factors of what Safan Hassan. It's the same way. No one really thought. I mean, sometimes they try to think about it with Mo Farah, but in the end, it never worked. So I think, yeah, distance runners just like to not overthink it. Like they're always told, because whenever you ask, hey, were you thinking about like, you know, the competition and how you're, you know, what did you think about this race? Did you want to go slow or fast? And they always say, I just got to mm -hmm. run my race. I just have to run my race. Yeah. It's like the universal, um, to clown question, bro. I'm just, not going to listen. I mean, that's what they said to, that's what Ry Benjamin said when he was going up against Carson Warholm in a semi. He said, were you thinking about him? He's like, no, I'm just thinking about my lane. Because once you yeah. start thinking about other people, crazy things happen.
Well, and I get it in the sprints because tactically, not really an impact there. I guess if you go out hard, you could try to influence people in a 400 or 400 meter hurdle race, but it's just so fluid in a, in a distance race. And I think you're right though, but I think also why does a 5,000 meter runner who's not running the 10,000 really care that much about the 10,000? They're going to put all their mental energy into the 5,000. So asking them to sacrifice to push the pace and perhaps lessen their chance, but increase the field's chances against the sun. I don't think they're going to listen too much to that. When it's like, wait, I'm supposed to help her lose a race in later on. I want to win my race or I want to try to medal in my race. Uh, Cause this was a, this was a deep solid field and Hassan won going away. Like this was not, this was not her getting pushed in the least. And I, I agree with you. I think this is things going to come down to the 1500. All respect to Gade in the in the 10K, but I think Hassan is a bit more comfortable just controlling that race and knowing that she can close better. This comes down to closing speed, and Kipyegon is somebody who's proven that she can close quicker than than Hassan. Nobody else in the world really has consistently done that. I'm about to contradict myself. Got to run my own race. But you think Gaday is watching all this unfold, seeing her win this 5K, mm -hmm. fall on a 1500 prelim, come back, she's probably going to do well in the 1500. And she's like, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to run the world record. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to run the world record. And there's no yeah, way yeah. another woman can run world record pace after doing this for an entire week. Now, that's me saying that, don't run your own race, overthink it, but you have to think. Well, that, like, yes. Yeah. Two problems, though. That, that would be the blueprint. Two problems, though. Is anybody going to help her and go with her? Is she going to get an Ethiopian teammate to help her? Do they actually try this? And two, the weather. We saw it rained there today, which lessened the humidity, I bet, a bit. But I mean, you saw the toll it took throughout the, the sessions today and, and yesterday as well, too. I just think you're putting yourself in a huge disadvantage to do it. And I think, so when Hassan, so when they get to the start line, Hassan will have run, what, 13,500 meters already? And G'day will have run zero. But I think if you let Hassan hang around until there's 5K or 3K to go, She's gonna she's gonna smell blood in the water at that point, and I think she's all that momentum, all that adrenaline of oh man, I only got one more to go, is gonna be working in her favor. But yeah, you're absolutely right. But I'm hey, just talking out. about in a singular race who's someone we've seen not just edge Hassan because Hassan was off her game, but go toe to toe with Hassan and beat her, and that was Kip Yegon earlier this year. In Monaco, totally different, totally different setup here in championship. But we've seen we've seen Kip Yegon do it, and we've seen Kip Yegon win global gold. So I think that's still the the toughest test. But you're absolutely right; she should do that. Will it? Will that happen? <laughs> it never seems to come to fruition. But we haven't seen someone go for a triple before. It's true. Talk a little bit about the uh, men's steeple. Men's steeple. Men's One steeple. Of my many picks that I got right for the record. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about your picks. We'll talk about your picks at the end. Yeah, I want to save that's its own segment now. All right, uh, El Bakali of Morocco wins. Germa second from Ethiopia. Keegan third for Kenya. Kenya has their streak snapped of nine straight Olympic.
Nat, Travis, I put a tweet and pull that up. Just putting Kenya's dominance in context because you say, oh, yeah, they won nine straight. Well, they didn't compete in 80 or 76 because of the boycott. They won in 68. Yeah, not that one. Got to go. There's an even more impressive one. Track Superfan. At Track Superfan is, is the tweet. Because they didn't compete in, 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 in 68. Or sorry, they won in 68. I think they lost in 64. But they became a country. They started competing as a country uh, in 1963. So of the 11 that have taken place, Kenya's only lost one of them when, when they've competed. Kenya's only lost one Olympic steeple in which they've competed. Because when you take out the boycotts and we take and you take into account how long the country's been around, um, it's just a staggering run of run of success here. Here it is. Years Kenya entered the Olympic steeple and didn't win. So remember, 64 is when they started. Benjamin Kogo went out in the heats. Then then they uh then they won in 68, right? And then I mentioned they had a couple of years where they were out because of boycotts, and then we know that they won nine in a row until then. So nobody's dominated their event quite like the Kenyans have in the steeple, and it, it came to an end today, which we could see coming. This was yeah. not a surprise at all. Yeah, El Bacali is like becoming to me one of like the perfect steeplers. Um, he knows he knows how to run like in between the barriers and do that well. He knows how to he knows how to do a last four hundred meter last three hundred meter steeple kick, which is hard to do because it, it requires you accelerating, decelerating, accelerating, decelerating because it's not an all out because you got to slow down for every barrier. And he's been able to get that leg turnover perfectly timed with the accelerate, know when to pull off to get the, over the barrier, redo it, and you could just tell in that final three hundred. Like he was just, it looked like he was running on a treadmill, like, or like on a airport race walk where he was just like finding ways to accelerate past these other guys who are still like recalibrating from landing off the barrier to get back into the acceleration phase. And he was already going. So I think that's the key to being a great steepler is really knowing how to accelerate, decelerate, accelerate, decelerate for like those final four barriers in order to win. And obviously, you have to be fit and be like, you know, a 730 type 3K runner. And El Bacali got his gold. He's been waiting for it. He's been like kind of building up to doing well in Diamond Leagues, winning Diamond Leagues, to now have the moment. And it's his. And I think he's going to be good for a few more years. I, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And then you have Ethiopia becoming emergent in this event, which you say it's a long time coming. Did they just figure out that the steeplechase was here? And maybe part of it was Kenyan dominance was pushing them into other events. Obviously, Ethiopia has been so good in the in the five and the 10, but with Gurma and, and Wale there, and Wale had a stumble towards the end. It looked like they could go two, three in this race, but you know, Kenya only gets uh, bronze, and then their second best guy is is in 10th. I mean, just a just a crazy change in that event, right? From one from one uh, Olympic cycle to the next. Which brings me to another thing, which is just crazy to show you how much things change in track and field. U.S. gets their first gold tonight. And you're like, oh, must have been, did they do the hundreds tonight? If you were watching from afar? No, women's discus. 
women's discus was the first U.S. gold. We've had the mixed gender four by four. We've had both hundreds. We've had a long jump, had a high jump, had high hurdles for the women. All sorts of events that the U.S. has won gold or has the potential to win gold in. But it's Valley Allman in the women's discus that brings the United States their first gold medal. This is a bit of a wild competition, Gordon. Every field event has had some dramatic twists and turns in it. She goes throws 68-98 in, in that first round. Then it starts raining. People are sliding all over the ring. Some guy goes out there with a towel to try to dry it in the middle of the rainstorm, which is basically putting, you might as well just had to roll the paper towels out there trying to wipe it up. It wasn't working. <laughs> they postpone the competition. They bring it back. They give people the throws back that they missed when they were sliding around in there. But it doesn't matter. Almond's throw still holds up. Germany's uh, Putin's gets silver. Perez gets the bronze for Cuba. Sandra Perkovic, one of the all-time greats in the event, only finishes in fourth. So it is Almond getting the Americans' first gold medal. And Almond was the heavy favorite. She had... She didn't have the best mark in the world. Uh, an actual college kid had that, uh, Van Kleeken of Netherlands, who I think went to Arizona State. Uh, yep. But she got eliminated in the, in the qualification. So she was the top seed coming in. But she's also been the most dominant seed. She'd been consistently throwing in the high 60s, low 70s, multiple times leading into the competition. So you would argue that Perez and Perkovic were probably the only two that could unseat Allman. But Allman had just shown so much. Like, if you look at a lot of her series, it's not like you have just one good throw and then a bunch of, like, other throws that are five meters behind. Like, she always stays within one meter of her best throw from a, a sixth throw series. And that showed that she was mm -hmm. able to uh, – and I think that was key here because if she would have started off with, a like, a 66-meter throw, who knows what would have happened, right? Then it's all of a new – a, a whole different competition because the fact that she got that 68 high in before the rain just gave her that cushion where she doesn't have to push she doesn't have to push herself too hard she can kind of hold back she you know you just have that cushion that everyone else is struggling you're in the 64s the 66s and she you knows she can foul a couple times and once she started realizing hey people aren't closing the gap on me just the pressure mm -hmm. kind of falls off and it makes it easier. Yeah. And, and the United States has had a gold medalist recently. You know, Stephanie Brown Trafton won in 08. So it's not like it's never happened before, but that was the only U.S. gold all the way before, you know, after 1932. And it's not like they were on the medal podium consistently. I think they've, that they've now only medaled a handful of times still in this event. And then you go to the world championships and the United States has never won a gold medal at the world championship or a medal of, of any color in the world championship. So this is not a, the U.S. is on the podium, knocking on the door consistently. So credit to Valerie Allman for, for getting it done there in the women's, women's discus. Uh, you want to talk about the men's men's long jump here? Another event Ooh. that was near and dear to your heart here. Break this one down. This was exciting too. This was last night in the United States, this morning in Tokyo. Yeah, so I uh on my of my 44 bets, I went big and I went with a plus 350 for the Greece athlete 
Tentagulo to win. He the competition so plus three fifty. That means I win three hundred fifty dollars after betting hundred if he wins. So the entire topic competition is going on, and the two Cuba athletes are doing really well. Especially um, bring up his we'll bring up the results here on the screen. Zoom in. Bring up on. So uh, Juan Miguel Ichavari. He had a really good jump in the third round, eight forty one, and mm-hmm. no one was really licking that area. The two Cubans were both 1-2, 841, 821. Meanwhile, my Greece athlete, who I was hoping would find a way to come through in the clutch, was just hovering around the 810. So you had 811, foul, foul, 810, yeah. 815. And so I was like, it's over. But what happened was people – there was some, like, jostling for who got third. You know, you know, Javon Harrison mm-hmm. was sitting in the third position for a hot moment. The Spain athlete was in third position for a hot second. Uh, but then in Tetagula's final jump, he jumps the exact same jump as Ichivari. So they have a tie, but his second best jump breaks the tie, which is 8.15. So therefore, he is currently in the lead. However, the Cuba athlete, then all he needs to do is have a, in, a, in his final jump, have a, a better second place jump. So yeah. he only would need to jump 8.16, right? To actually probably, yeah, 8.16. To win, he doesn't mm-hmm. need to jump eight forty two, and he's hurt. He uh, isn't able to get across the the runway. Pulls up, and Tentagolo last moment wins me three hundred and fifty dollars and wins the country of Greece another gold medal. You know, it's where the Olympics started, and it's coming home. The Olympic gold for the long jump is coming home to the country yeah. of Greece. Yeah, I'm glad he emphasized the most important part of of that there. Yeah, I mean. Just clutch, clutch performance there for Tentaglou. Feel for Echevarria, they didn't get a chance. And he passed yeah. on five. Or he, I guess he, uh, yeah, I guess. So he didn't have a, he only had four jumps in the entire uh, competition and three of them were legal. You would have liked to see him just have a shot. Hey, can you get that 815? What did you think of Javon Harrison's meet overall? He gets seventh in the high jump and then fifth in in the long jump. My feeling about it was real solid. Obviously it's tough with how long the season is, but the, both events just ended up being really deep. And it wasn't just like, yeah. oh, there's one, one, one person who's way out in front of everybody else, then a bit of a drop, and then it makes a silver and bronze attainable. It's just a lot of people were in a log jam, as, as you mentioned with the, lo- the long jump there, around that similar distance and same thing for the high jump. Yeah, I mean, high jump, 237, what is what it took to medal. I think it's okay for Javon to be like, hey, I didn't have a 237 in me today. Uh, yeah. I think his PB is like 236, maybe 235. I'm not sure exactly. I think it's close to 237, but I'm not sure if it's 237 exactly. And then in the long jump, there was an opportunity in the long jump, but the entire field was all just not jumping well, right? Everyone was jumping in the eight low teens. Um, and there was that moment where he did have a good last jump to – Put himself in medal contention. Um, he also had another jump that would have put him potentially in gold medal poten- potential, but he was like 20 centimeters off the board. So like, yeah, he would add like 15 of those 20 centimeters to his actual jump. It would have put him maybe in the medal position. Yeah. But you know, he's young. He just came off of doing jumping in January of 2021 all the way to August of 2021. Long mm-hmm. season. 
young kid. He's going to be fine. He's You need to do this. You need to have a championship like this to kind of set yourself up for going for medals in your next three to four to five global championships. Not everyone yeah. wins gold in, in year one or wins yeah. medal in year one. Well, and especially when he's doing this double that's yeah. rarely rarely contested. It has made me think, just to take a step back, we'll talk about the women's high hurdles here in a second, the other final, but these championships have all been about breaking the mold in a way. So you have Curly and Shrika Jackson switch from the 400 to the short sprints. You have Hassan just completely throwing caution into the wind and going for this triple. You have someone like Harrison who all you know all year has done this this unconventional double that we haven't seen. It make it makes me think if and even you go back a bit a thing Mo doing 4 and 8. Now, you can say okay, these are just yeah. these are just transformational athletes that we're never going to see again, but they're also serving as models for other people either who are younger and competing right now or who are just on the rise in general of like, hey, why don't I take a shot at that? Because then it becomes a model to to work off of. And if they're successful doing it, then you have people trying to replicate that that same thing. And I I like it because sometimes the gambles pay off, but sometimes they don't, but at least you're going for it. And with someone like Javon Harrison, if he ever gets this double down, it's just gonna well, first of all, two two golds are better than one. But you know, two different disciplines here is fascinating. And then for for Curly and Jackson, it obviously paid off with medals. And Hassan, it's just cool to see someone continually try to challenge themselves. Oh, I've already done two golds. What's next? Three. There's a limit to it at at a certain point. But it's just it's cool. It's it's cool to do, and it's cool to see um, them just continually add challenge on top of challenge. Yeah. And you know, right. we even there, maybe there's more in the horizon, right? Like Michael Norman saw him run the hundred. Um, yeah, we've seen uh, this. Uh, Jacobs, Jacobs, Italian. He was a long jumper, right? Now he's yeah. winning the hundred gold. Like we're gonna see more mm -hmm. and more. You, I think um, it's exciting. I think we might start seeing uh, some eight fifteens, maybe. I know, I know, Clay yeah. Murphy dabbled in that and then immediately mm -hmm. regretted it. But maybe if he comes out here and wins the eight, maybe he gets more excited and he starts redabbling in an eight fifteen double. You said twenty twenty two is going to be the year of the double mm -hmm. because they literally are making every possible double easy to do, like perfect, mm -hmm. right? With one, two, two, four, four, eight, eight fifteen, fifteen, five, five, ten. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, high hurdles. Jasmine Camacho Quinn completes her terrific season with a gold medal 1237 is the winning time kenny harrison second 1252 megan tapper of jamaica 1257 so camacho quinn finishes the year five times or finishes her olympic run she's still got more meets to run five times under 1240 so far this year nobody else even broke at once and you say oh yeah the best person wins that's predictable but how many times have we seen just in these first few days that that doesn't always happen? So Camacho Quinn uh, gets gets the victory. He's, she's been good wherever she's raced, basically. The, the stakes and the stage doesn't matter. She's just been so consistent, um, knocking on the door 
Uh, you can see the rest of the the top eight there on your screen. Gabby Cunningham of the U.S. Uh, finished seventh. They got two through to the final. Yeah, uh, Kenny Harrison, back-to-back silvers. Uh, she clearly has – We talk, I mean, I don't know how many times we got to bring up 2016 to her. She always has to answer that in her interview. How do you feel coming off of breaking a world record and not being on the Olympics and all that stuff? But she has found a way to now consistently put herself – in the medal hunt and actually achieve a medal. She just happened to lose to a Camacho Quinn who's in the peak, peak prime of her career. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you're not going to win them all, but hey, two silvers is better than zero medals. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. Jasmine Camacho Quinn, I think, okay, Camacho Quinn, world record? Like, do you think we're going to see that? Uh, And maybe like a Diamond League final or something? So we year? got a lot of. I think we, we got a lot of. We got a lot of meets left, Gordon. I don't know if you've looked at the schedule, but we have quite a few meets after the Olympics. She's going to take some swings at it, and I think she should. Twelve twenty six. Now I know headwinds don't matter as much in the hurdles, and tailwinds don't help as much because you get pushed in the hurdles. But minus point two, maybe she could get a little bit of a boost. Ride that through. The track is obviously very quick, so I don't think it's. Uh, like I wouldn't put the chances at 90% or even 75%, but she's going to be in a lot of, she's going to be in a lot of races with high caliber fields and races where on tracks where there's been fast performances, if, if they, I don't know if they have it at the pre-classic, but that might be a stage for her. So, you know, she's only six one hundredths off of it. Here's the thing too. What's interesting. A lot of times those, those fast times, you know, semis to finals, Every single round, we talked about this yesterday in the pod, every single round of the women's hurdles was separated by a day, which, so that means basically all of Camacho Quinn's fast times this year have come on just one day performances. So it's one not day. like she needs, yeah. yeah, she doesn't, some people need, I was going to use Grant Holloway as an example, but he but he usually goes fast in the semi and then fast in the final. And in the trials, he actually went faster in the semi than in the final. So maybe it's not the perfect example. But yeah, she doesn't really need the rounds or the semis to get going. Like she can do it on her own one race setup in the diamond league. I think it's definitely possible. It's going to be tough just to replicate the the fast conditions of the track, but six, one hundreds. What do you think? I think she can do it. And I think if she doesn't do it this year, I can see her doing it in 2022. She's young still. Mm-hmm. I think she has a perfect opportunity. There's mm-hmm. less pressure now too, in a way, like she already can be yeah. an Olympic gold medalist. Like, what else do you need to add to that, right? So there's not as much, like, overthinking the competition. It's like, hey, go out there and just see how far you can go. If you fail, who cares? You're the Olympic gold yeah. medals. You're the best in the world. So uh, you could argue that's the reason why Kenny Harrison broke the world record. She's like, I'm not mm. going to the Olympics, so who yeah. cares if I fail? No one's going to care if I go out there mm. and not run a world record. So you never know. Yeah, just completely throw, throw caution in the wind. She's 24, so got a bright future next few years with all those global championships. I think she's going to be looked at as the favorite after her season. Again, this was not a one race gold medal surprise. This was a series, a season that just built on itself, you know, brick by brick, right? This was an accumulation of a, a series of terrific performances for uh, Camacho Quinn. So first ever, what's this? The first medal for Puerto Rico at these Olympics and the first ever track and field gold medal for Puerto Rico. No doubt they're celebrating down there. 
Shall we go to some prelims now, Gordon? Yes, because you know what they say. Prelim time is PR time. I don't know if it's only PRs, but I just wanted to say that first. <laughs> All right, so we already talked about – we'll just tick through these one by one. We already talked about the women's 1500 with Hassan's heat. Everybody saw her fall. Yeah. Uh, went on her all back. All three Americans got then, through, which is great. Yeah, all, all three Americans got through. Faith Kipiegan got through. I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on on that one. Women's four-meter hurdle semis. So Sydney goes 53.03, Muhammad 53.30, and Femke Bowl 53.91. You know what? I think we should talk about the 1500. You want to go back? It was, I will yeah, say this. Go. I went to dinner last night. This is the first time I, I missed it live to tape it. And my phone was like blowing up. Like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? And I was like, great. Just my luck. The one time I step away for a moment, like for an hour, I was like, women's 1500 meter prelims, they're going to be chalk. I'll tape them. I'll go back. I'll just make sure I don't miss anything. And then I'll get caught up before the, the high hurdle final. But then everybody was just all they were, they, the clip was everywhere, right? Because Safan Hassan not only fell, not only tripped, but fell down hard, Gordon. She fell down hard on her hip and then got back up and she was way out of contention. And then all of a sudden she was not way out of contention. And then she was winning the heat. Yeah, I posted on FlowTrack Twitter account the splits that she had. She ran her last, uh, 461-1, which included the fall. But the ultimate <laughs> race was the last 300, which is 43-8, which is like 58 second pace. But if you look at her last 100, her last 100 was like kind of jogging, running 15.2. So in reality, she really closed well. Like she could have gone even faster. Like she could have probably ran her last 300 in like 42, maybe 41, if I'm going crazy. But – she caught the pack before 100 meters to go and then just kind of cruised in yeah. for the win. It, it wasn't like uh, needed. she didn't need every last meter to close that gap in the final 380 meters. No, and she certainly – she didn't need it to win and she didn't need it to get in a qualifying position. And someone – I think it might have been Lincoln, one of the people texting me, basically saying they're going to need to try harder if they want to stop Safan Hassan. Like tripping her is not going to be – it's not going to be enough. They're going to have to, or something. It was one of those falls too, where it was a, it was a chain reaction. So it took out a bunch of other people's like bowling pins in there. And then, and then she went down and I, I admit when I first heard, okay, she fell and got back up. I didn't think it was going to be that bad of a fall. I think I thought it was going to be, okay, she just lost her, her footing or got clipped and she had to go down uh, on her hands and then, and then get right back up. But to go all the way around like that, some people don't even really get up or they get up and they take 10 meters to get their bearings about them. She went right into, okay, this is a final now mode. This is a final. I, I need to run this last 300 like a final. I need to catch everybody. Question. Do you think she needed to do that? Do you think she could have just jogged and got in on protest? I don't know if she could have got in on protest, but she could have tried. She could have exerted less effort and still gotten like an easy qualifier. And I'd say that that might impact her in the 5,000-meter final, but we've already seen the 5,000-meter final, and it did not impact <laughs> her at all. And now she has two days off before the next round, and I don't think it's going to factor in uh, an iota. Do you know what the first thing I thought about when she fell? 
first thing you thought about when she fell? Uh, what the odds would be that she wins and if you could bet in real time? No. I thought of uh, U.S. great 1,500-meter runner Morgan Euseni, yeah, who was really good at falling with one lap to go in a 1,500. And I was like, well – I guess that, that kind of ends the myth that when you fall in a 1500, it's over, right? Because that's kind of what you would assume, well, right? And she just, I know it's a prelim, they're not. Prelim versus the top a final. Group I think. Yeah, it's different. That happens in a final. Not that she's, if she did that. Imagine if she did that in the final. That would have been. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of the people who, because it got picked up by non track people, I think some people like, thought that that was the, the final. I mean, no, yeah. don't get me wrong. It was incredibly impressive, but. If you had Kip Yegon at the front driving that train, it's it's a different story. Maybe she does it. Yeah. I don't think we'll find out because she would be horribly unlucky to to have that have that happen to her. Um, but yeah. All right, do you want to move on to the prelims now? You, or the other sure. prelims? Excuse Let's me. move on to prelims. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk so about two hundred. For me. Two hundred. Okay. Two hundred. We'll do two hundred right now. Two hundred. People in the chat seem to be interested right about. The, yeah, I think that right, they haven't listened to a thing we've said in the chat, which is great. Which is great. I mean, let's so be now honest. that we say two hundred, they're all in. Now we say, well, they've just been talking about the two hundred in the chat the entire time. I've clicked a couple times and uh, just seen some names pop up, and it's mostly been people in the two hundred. So we should start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Yesterday. Okay. What? Well, evening. Okay. You gonna you gonna walk us through this then? Yeah. So I think the first shock. This, this, this has been a lot of shocks. The first shock okay. was Sharika Jackson. Sharika Jackson, I think, was on pace to be a medalist, fourth place at worst. And she gets knocked out in the first round. And it was purely because she just got too confident and was trying to run as slow as possible. You could see that all the Jamaicans were trying to run that first round as slow as humanly possible. And Sharika Jackson just end up getting beat by 0. 0.005 seconds had the same time 2326 with the Italian athlete and she doesn't mm-hmm. get in cuz the heat that she was in was slow and i i one thing it just makes me think how do these sprinters know that it's okay to shut it off you're going so fast i just feel like it's easy to tell to shut it off in like a 5k or a 1500 cuz you can Look around, everyone's you know top six. But when you're in your own lane, you don't know who's coming flying by and the other side of the track. Like, and I th- that's what happened mm-hmm. to Sharika. She thought she was fine, and on the opposite side of the track, the Italian athlete nipped her. Uh, I just thought there was like one. It's, you feel bad for her, but it's also like, why are you why are you taking it that easy? Like, come on, just run a put a little bit more effort in it. Don't. And this was reason. This is reason why I got to put a little bit more effort in that first round. I don't. To me, it almost looked like she was just cruising to cruise. Because she had, she had to have known. It wasn't like she was ahead and then a bunch of people passed her in the last couple strides. Like She knew what position she was in. And it was very clear she was just completely jogging there. So I don't know if anybody asked her about it afterwards. But... I don't know. I get what you're saying, and I know people have commented this on shutting it down early, but it just looked like she was going through the whole thing um, like a practice rep, basically, which makes me wonder if she wanted to even advance. That's all I'm no, saying. No, I think she did. Because the other Jamaicans were doing practice rep, 
practice runs. Like Thompson Harano, who right, today runs twenty one six, but yesterday she was not looking like a twenty one. She looked like Sharika Jackson out there, but just happened to be in a a better position no. because she wasn't running twenty three two. But she ran faster. You know. She ran faster because she was trying harder. I mean, that was pretty yeah. clear, right? But I mean, she was there's... putting an effort that looked similar to what Sharika was doing, in my opinion. She was, I think, until the last. 50 or so and then she got herself in in good position i mean she could turn around and she could see people she was aware fraser price obviously ran solid yeah she, that was a big surprise so she's out so, but everybody everybody so else he, advanced yeah yeah, yeah. so we now have round. lost we've lost blessing okabare to hgh we've lost dina asher smith to injury and now we lost sharika jackson to dumbfoundedness of the first round now, time for the semis, which happened this morning. Look, I'm, I'm like, oh, no, wait, no, one more thing happened yesterday, which kind of connects to what happened today. Dude, Christine Momba. I, I said her name wrong. Christine Mbo, Mboma? Mboma? How do I say mm-hmm. her last name? Yeah, I think it's Mboma. Mboma. Dude, this is exciting. She is running in the face of world athletics and their stupid ass DSD rule, where it's like, yeah, this is a problem, but only here, where Castlemania is really good. It's not a problem anywhere else because we actually don't know the actual reality of the problem. So we're just going to pretend that the science told us 400 to 1500. And now they're like, all right, so these Nambia athletes couldn't compete in the Namibia. 400 after running 48. Nambia. Namibia. Namibia. I'm not even say words in it. I'm. N A M country. I'm not even going to say. I'm, I'm Namibia. Really you can do it. You can do it. Namibia. Namibia. Nam- Namibia. 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 There you go. Yeah. Okay. That country right. had really good 400 meter runners running 48 seconds, 49 seconds. Get screwed over and puts us in a 200. And we should have seen this coming because we had a viral 200 meter clip a few weeks back. Travis pulled it up on YouTube where we probably saw the greatest 200-meter kick of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How many views is that sure. on YouTube? It's 1.1 million views. Let's watch this together. Let's watch back this greatest 200-meter kick. And this was project. This was showing what we're now seeing on the Olympic stage. So look in lane. Uh, she's the fifth lane or sixth lane. Five, lane five. She's You'll in like dead her. last. You'll see her. Wait for it. And Go. Here she comes. Oh, she's coming. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And Almost stumbled she there. Almost stumbled. Runs. All, so the time here, 22.6, not that impressive. But now she's doing that against people like Gabrielle Thomas twice and now running 21 seconds, not 22.6. And this has been the most incredible uh revelation happening in this 200 is the emergence of christine i'm not even gonna say her last name just of christine i'm calling her share she's one name one name titan christine <laughs> christine mboma yeah also if Boma. you want to go back a bit i did someone in the chat said Sharika jackson posted about the race on instagram and she said sometimes painful things can teach us lesson that we didn't think we needed to know so perhaps you're right Perhaps you're right, yes. and it was just a a mistake on her part. It's just hard to believe at, at this level, as fast as she is, that that's um, how that 
that prelim would go. I know, see, the first round, everybody was, they had 200 in the morning and then 200 at night, which in the U.S. trials, they don't do. It's all separate. So I think people were being extra cautious um, with their energy. But if you go back and, and watch this race, and we're not going to obviously play it here, but there's like shutting it down and then there's like never like <laughs> then there's what she did it was just a, it was a whole it was so far beyond anything um so that's why okay. back to that's why it surprised me back to back to back to present time now or or this morning okay so then we have today's heats and we got a couple highlights here so thompson hurrah speaking of sh she shut it down now she shut it down but she ran 180 ish 175 ish and she equaled that crazy time from the beijing world championships she equaled the time that put her sixth all time 21 66 so you're looking at that you're looking at what she did in the 100 you're thinking she's going to put something out there that's an all-time mark in the final i know we say the world record's out of reach because that's just what we've been conditioned to think but so I mean, 2134 is crazy, but could she go 214? Could she go 215? I'm I'm not sure after seeing a 20 a, a 2166 stopping that early that that 215 should not be the expectation. Before you go any further, what did you think of Thompson? Well, first of all, it's a lesson to me that if I'm going to bet on the 200, I need to bet on it earlier because she was like plus 300 to win, and now she's like mm -hmm. minus like six, minus 500 because of obviously what she did in the 100 and now running 2166 slow like like chilling she's a heavy mm -hmm. favorite I, I don't see anyone it's now her versus the clock it's not her versus the field if she gets beat that would be the most incredible upset i think we've seen she's running bolt-esque right now 2166 mm -hmm. in the prelim that's bolt-esque uh so that's where I took away from that. And I think it's going to be a fight for second and third. And it's going to be interesting because you're going to have the Boma versus the other versus Shelly Ann versus even Thompson Hurrah versus the Americans. We thought it was going to be Jamaica American. versus USA. American. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. American. We lose Jenna Prandini and uh, Anivia Battle in this semi. But it's, it's just going to be, it's weird. We have a different dynamic. You have the, the incredible, week that thompson is having right yeah. you have yeah. boma who is having an incredible two days of like watch out for me and f you world athletics you don't let me run okay i'll take medal in this event and then a year from now you're gonna say it's illegal for me to be in a 200 and then i'll win the 100 and then i'll be doing a 60 meters and then i'll do the 55 and then i'll just be doing you know uh a shot put and then you'll you'll let me in uh and then so you have her then you have Shelly Ann, who's on the revenge tour because, you know, she didn't like losing to Thompson Hurrah. She's going to want to get another mm -hmm. medal. She's in great shape. And then you have Gabrielle Thomas, who uh, she's run 21 multiple times, but she hasn't been looking good in these two prelim rounds. Good as perspective. She still has the yeah. fastest time in this semi, but getting beat by Boma twice kind of makes it look a little worse and i don't know it's a flip of a coin who do you take who who we know thompson's gonna medal if not win she's probably gonna win yeah but who's your three don't worry about order who's your three i think i think melo is gonna medal i think i think melo is gonna medal yeah i think she's gonna medal as well too and then 
I think it's going to be between Fraser Price and Boma and Thomas for that third, third medal. I know I just ducked your question entirely. Boma's no, interesting, fine, but you I asked for three. I asked for three, and you gave me five. So I, yeah, <laughs> give me I'll, three. I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Fraser Price. I'll say Fraser Price. Fraser Price. Um, okay. So, but I don't. I'm not confident at all in this. One thing I want to mention. I mean, this field held up. Yeah, Jackson and Asher Smith aren't there, but we have Miller Weibo now in it. We have the two from Namibia, Masalingi and Mboma, in there, which is you know adding obviously depth to this event. And you have the other two um, Jamaicans, and then Thomas. It 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 held strong. It's going to be a a a really good 200. The other thing I'm thinking about, like Mboma's. She closes really hard, but also part of that is the start is way behind everybody else. I mean, eventually that's gonna eventually that's gonna cost her. And when you look at these times, you know, who can go up another level here? Who's able to run better than their their semi? We know Thompson Hurrah, well, we assume Thompson Hurrah can because she, she shut it down so early. Thomas has done it before, obviously, Mirawebo and Fraser Price have run faster than that before. Um, you know, we don't we don't know just because Mboma hasn't been around as long. Tolu, obviously, super consistent. She just ran a season's best. So, ah, man, it's going to be great. But I think I think this is going to look a lot like the, the 100. And if the order was reversed and we hadn't seen what Thompson Hurrah did in the final in the 100, we'd be like, all right, anybody can win it. Anybody can win it. But it feels like we've seen this script before. It's going to be a historically fast race. I think Thompson Hurrah is going to win by a comfortable margin, and then it's going to be really close for, you know, two through two through six are going to be really tight, and it's going to be one of those situations where you say, man, in in any other year, these other women could have won gold too. Yeah, this is probably the one event I'm least likely, least looking forward to betting on because, yeah, you just don't know, right? And betting on Thompson Hara to win is just not worth the money because she's going to win and you won't get good odds on that. But Shelly Ann, I feel like, is going to medal. I, I agree with you there. I don't know. The Miller Weibo didn't look too good in her heat. She lost to Tulu in her heat. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like. You also have a, you have a good contrast in styles here, too, because Fraser Price and Thompson Hara are really quick coming out of the blocks. Milowebo yeah. obviously a good closer, and then Mboma takes the closing thing to a whole new level because of <laughs> yeah. the deficit that she she digs herself Correct. into. Yeah, you you'd like to see more from Milowebo, but at the same time, if we're if we're drawing the parallel to to the hundred, maybe she's one of those people who just got through on that semi, right? And then they got to the like she didn't run her final today, Milowebo. I don't think anybody will say that she ran ran her final today. I mean. Jacobs of Italy didn't win his his semi. Granted, it was the same day, a little bit different situation, but I could see her going up a different a, a different level. Um, the final for the when is the final for this one? How many do they is tomorrow? Correct? Uh, it's or do tomorrow, they do two days off? This, yeah, the tomorrow. schedule is so weird. Okay, tomorrow our so, time. I'm not sure if it's morning or evening, but it's on. It's tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow evening. No, it's tomorrow morning. It's tomorrow morning. So this time tomorrow we'll be recapping that yeah. 200. And you wonder about those 100-meter women, just the accumulation of races at this point. Does that impact her? So no. we don't know. 
We don't know. It is weird. You have a 10 day meet and then you make the 100 and 200 people compete in all their races in the first five days. It's, I don't get the schedule at all. Like at all, at all, at all, at all. Um, also, well, we got the women's 800 final tomorrow. Feels like we haven't seen them in forever. All right. So 200 semis. Let's do 400 semis. And then we can go back to the women's uh, low hurdles and then talk a little bit about the women's pole vault. And then we'll let you talk about your bets and see if there's any death heats out there. Um, what was your read on the women's four meter hurdles with McLaughlin, Muhammad, and Bull winning their heats? I had absolutely no read. I was just, I'm, we're, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the big three to, I'm, I'm now putting Femke Bull in the big three with uh, Muhammad and McLaughlin. Mm. I'm just waiting for the final. We, it's a, how many people were in this field? Uh, what, 45 probably, maybe more. Mm -hmm. How many people were in it? 40 something? The, At the beginning? 42 of them didn't need, yeah. How many people were invited to the women's 400 hurdles? I get your point. Your point yeah, is saying it's a three person race. That's what, that's what your point it's is. It's been a three person race from day one. We have yet to see any of them race each other. We've just been waiting and waiting, and now we finally get it. I don't know what else we can add to the women's 400-meter conversation except for Sydney's the favorite. She's trying to break the world record again. I don't know if she's trying. She says pressure's an illusion, which is mm -hmm. mind-boggling that I didn't realize that till age 33. Um, and then <laughs> – you're you're thinking if Sydney falters, who's the one that's going to step up and take it? Will it be Muhammad or Bull? I think we'll be more less shocked if it's Muhammad, more shocked if it's Bull. But even if Bull were to win and run like fifty-one, and mm -hmm. and Sydney and Muhammad get second and third in any order, we at the end of the day we'll be like, yeah, well, Bull's good. Like she just yeah. timed her big breakout race for the Olympic final. 53.03 for Sydney. That's exactly what she ran in the semis in Eugene at the trials. Different weather conditions that day because it was raining really hard in Tokyo during those 400-meter hurdle races. But it's almost like she's just got this checklist that she's working her way through. And she's got one more box here. I think, I think the world record is going to go down here. Uh, I think she's going to need to run the world record to win it. And I'd anticipate the, the form will hold. I, th I mean, Muhammad's looked really good, but also Bull. Bull's been doing those, that thing where after she goes over the last hurdle, she just like really jogs. So it's really hard to tell what her actual potential is in, in this meet. But looking at what she did coming into the Olympics when she was going you know, full out, when she was running those 52s and getting those wins over Shamir Little, you know she's you – know Sharp, 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 sharp. So what what place do you think we could get Delilah, Sydney, Femke Bull, and Shamir Little to get their own lane in a four by four, but their lane has hurdles? Mm -hmm. Do you think that four by four where they actually have to run four four hundred hurdles, four by four hundred meter hurdles, do you think that could beat how many countries would lose <laughs> to a four by four hundred meter hurdle relay of Delilah, Sydney, Femke Bull, and Shamir Little? You're gonna need a lot, a lot of, of lanes. Lose. No one's gonna be able to He's run to on say, the track with them. They're gonna use a lot. They have to reset the hurdles. What if they hit a hurdle? Gotta, you, gotta you have hire some ten employee. You hire ten employees to move the hurdle after every rep back. That'll be fun to watch. You would totally watch that. Watching the All Star 400 meter hurdle, uh, Big Four, 
and <laughs> see them race like a country or a college or something like that in a four by four. That'd be fun. Or just no, even better, race like race like uh, four like professional basketball players or something like that, or like just mm-hmm. like male athletes who well, really, I can tell you probably that can run like that would, that wouldn't go well for them. Well, no, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sure there's some athletes out there, male athletes who only can run like 52 seconds. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Or like legit, like Tom Brady can't break 50. Tom Brady probably runs like a 50. What? No. Yeah. Somebody can't break 60. In a flat okay. 400 or hurdles? Yeah, flat 400. Well, in flat either. 400. He can't He can't, He can't. can't break 60. Have you yeah. seen him move in the pocket? And break it probably for <laughs> like a 300. All right, let's keep going. Um, okay, men's, men's four-minute hurdle semis. Big, big, big story here was Karani James breaking 44 seconds, first time since 2017. Looked like a you throwback performance. Flat. Sorry, yeah, flat four meter semis. Yeah. Flat 400 semis. Karani James, 43.88, first sub 44 since 2017. Throwback performance there. His heat was fast. Zambrano of Columbia ran 43.93 just behind him. Those were the only two guys under 44 in their heat. Michael Cherry won heat two. Steven Gardner, Michael Norman go one, two in the last heat, and Wade Van Niekirk is out. Your thoughts? Well, the win, Wade Van Niekirk being out, uh, we know this podcast draws a lot of South African fans who hated Lincoln for his it's over for Van Niekirk. Are they going to send an apology to Lincoln in the mail? He lives in Taylor, Texas. He's neighbors with Fred Curley. Uh, you can send both apology letters to the anti- 100-meter Fred Curley decision and the anti-Lincoln for not believing in Wade Van Niekerk being at the top of the game in the globe. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Van Niekerk just clearly isn't – he's not back to consistent low 44 shape the way all these other younger guys are. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. When you really look at it, like what you did, all the greatness that you did in 2016 and 2017 – doesn't just automatically come back in 2021 when you're dealing with the injuries you're dealing with. So uh, still a valiant effort. I think maybe he needs another year and maybe he can find a way to make the the final in 2022. Uh, Mm -hmm. I am, I am concerned about Michael Norman. I don't think he's the favorite anymore. I don't, he hasn't looked good in both heats, the first round and the second round. He doesn't look Mm -hmm. like, I'm ready to run 43-8 to win it. Like, the person who, who's running the way we thought Michael Norman would run for America is Michael Cherry. Like, we're just think we're just, we, we're choosing the wrong Michael here for the U.S. favorite because Cherry has been cruise control in both the first round and the semis. Um, and I think Michael Cherry is basically the USA's only hope for gold. But gold, I feel like, is really falling out of the grips for a potential American to win. I, Steven Gardner's running incredibly well. He's jogging while running fast. And obviously, the emergence of Karani James back with the 43s and Zambrano with his 43. Yeah. I could see a situation where no American podiums. And I can see a situation where Michael Cherry is the only one who podiums. I could, well, I and think, I'm starting to believe that Michael Norman's not going to medal. This thing it's got wild. deep in a hurry. This thing got, I, I had yeah. talked about Zambrano and how he was under the radar despite being a, a medalist in Doha, he's clearly coming to play. You have the emergence of James, which is a surprise. I mean, he was back in Doha. He was solid, but he wasn't at, at this level. And 400-meter race is 
something for the young guys. So to do it yeah. as well as he's done it for this long, you can't take that for granted. I think Gardner's been running. I agree Cherry's been impressive, more impressive than Norman, but Gardner's been running like a favorite Most too. Impressive. I think he yeah. – yeah, I think that's the best 400 ever in a T-shirt, what he did today. And it wasn't even one of those like tight-fitting T-shirts. Like it was like a loose T-shirt. I was impressed by his level of uh, level of casual out there. Even the the bib was kind of off to the side. It was it was it was well done by by Gardner. But I think I think I share your concern because you keep waiting for Norman. And when you watch heats, you can talk yourself really into anything. This is what I realized. Oh, they got first. The favorite. Oh, they got second in that heat. That's exactly where they want to be. They're not expending any extra energy. Oh, they got in on. I uh, got in on time. Well, that'll come come back to help them later on. You had, you have what? How many days until the final now? Like two days until the final. So this wasn't a situation of of budgeting energy, and it's not like he's never run a four hundred and then a four by four and gone all out in both or doubled up in some other race. In college, he has experience doing that. So I just wonder, hey, what are you holding it for? And you could tell he wasn't completely going to the well, but he's so relaxed and so composed. But then there's also a part of you where you're thinking he wanted to take it easier this year. He wanted to be methodical. And if he runs 43-6 in the final, no one's going to be surprised by it. But you're right. Where's the evidence this year? The trials was great. It's still above 44. Wasn't a dominant performance. But where's the evidence? over the last couple of years that he's going to be a gold medalist. A lot of other guys now have better cases. Yeah. That they've, they've surpassed him because someone like Zambrano and someone like James, we have more recent evidence of them just being able to, to pop that sort of time out there. So I am, I'm with you. And it's, it's a bit of a surprise because going into the year, I thought, okay, he'll be able to handle this field. And if you said, okay, best time, in the world going into the Olympics was going to be 4385. You'd say, okay, that was Michael Norman's time. And it turns out it, it wasn't. And the other yeah, two 40, at- sub 44s this year are Karani James and Zambrano. It's surprising. Yeah. It's, it's just that the uh, Zambrano James and Gardner just have chosen to like not put their, have been wait, have been waiting, timing their seasons the best, right? You see all these Americans before these three marks by Zambrano, James and Garner, it was all USA, right? Ross from Eugene, mm-hmm. uh, Norman, Norman, Noah Williams, who didn't, was on the team. Michael Cherry, Noah Williams, Michael Cherry, Michael Norman. It was all USA. You know what's aging like milk is the flow track uh, top 10 400 meter rankings for the world. Uh, Travis, you want to bring those up? The flow, the flow aging, aging like milk. I like that. They're not bring, good? Let's bring up what – they're not good right now. Let's bring up what the What if Gordon's Gordon highlighting his own failure here? Oh yeah, that's rough. Well, they're just like you. They're, they're U.S. bias, right? You just if you remove America, then they're aging like fine wine, right? <laughs> Gardner, Zambrano, James. Then it's like the best rankings. You, and McWalla seventh. Uh, I had Correa in there too, who who's scrapped on false started. False started. False started on purpose. Yeah, but yeah, you did I mean, not take that into account. I did not take that into account. So yeah, uh, uh, aging like fine wine. If you just pretend America doesn't exist. So milk of America. Norman's Norman's whole mantra is patience. He has shirts that are made that say patience. Pa- just as as Sydney says, pressure is an illusion. Michael Norman says patience. 
So this People would love be... letters to start with P. Yeah. Process, maybe. Process, uh, patience, and, and press. So you got you got a guy who's run 43-45, albeit several years ago at this point. I just... He's got a good poker face. I'll say that. If he comes to the final and 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 wins this thing, I don't even care by how I was going to say and he wins convincing. I don't even care. If he just wins this thing, he's got a phenomenal poker face and he's played yeah. us all basically. And not just at this meet, but this whole season, never going under 44. And if you think about it, the only time his fastest time came in the only real race that's mattered this year. He also, you know, got third in a race. It would be, I don't know, rope-a-dope or what would be the, the, the right term, but he certainly got us all convinced that he's, he's not the favorite. I don't know if you can look at the odds anymore if they update those live, but it's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're, up, they're updated now. Uh, so let me bring it up. The odds for the men's 400, Gardner minus 167, then James plus 300, Zambrano plus 1,000, Norman plus 1,100, Cherry plus 1,500. Gardner is minus 1,000 to medal. James minus 250 to medal. Zambrano minus 125 to medal. Norman is still minus 112 to medal. And then but Cherry plus, plus 200 to medal. Plus 1,100. So plus 1,100? Imagine getting that a month ago. A week ago. Yeah. That's yeah. just incredible to think about. But, Speaking of uh, betting. Well, well, no, we're not there yet. Oh, women's pole vault. We're not there women's yet. Women's pole vault. Real surprise. Oh, uh, Something happened? Well, yeah, Sandy Morris, pole her pole broke um, on an attempt, and then she got injured, so, so she did not qualify. We can have Travis pull up the, the results of the qualifiers there. So bad luck there for Sandy Morris to see her olympics come to an end in her i think in her section she finished ninth yeah she got over 440 and there was one one attempt after the pole break when it looked like she was grabbing her hip we got the entire results up there now travis is just pulling up pdf after pdf here but i want to see the other americans if they got through here i katie najat i believe got through did we get that? I can't see. It's too small. Gordon, you got your glasses on? Uh, yeah. I, all I think is oh, that yeah, she's when, fine. Uh, she's Katie, fine. Nashat's in. Yeah, yeah Nashat's fine. Yeah, I just as I'm betting all 44 events. I hadn't placed my bet yet on pole vault, but I was planning on using Najat as a helper for a parlay. But now that helper becomes less valuable because Najat's odds are going to go up or down. I'm not sure. They're going to be worse odds because. Now that Sandy Morris isn't in the final, people who would have put bet money on Morris are now going to put it on the shot. So anyway, that's me thinking betting now all the time instead of <laughs> the actual competition. So yeah, that sucks. I mean, think of who told you Sandy Morris and both Sandy Morris and um, him. Uh, oh my God, I forget his name. Sam Kendricks. Yeah, both not in yeah. the Olympic pole vault final. It's wild. One mm -hmm. for. The injury there and the other one for COVID. It's just wild. Yeah. Yeah, unpredictable. Uh, Trey Hardy. Yeah, Trey Hardy said Sandy's in terrible pain here, being attended to in front in the front bun. 
or games are over almost before they started the reigning Olympic silver medals. Hashtag athletics. Trey Hardy using hashtag athletics. Not instead of hashtag track and field. That's interesting. Mm. No one calls it athletics in America. We call it track and field. Uh, we we use but, inches. Okay. We don't use meters. Okay, sorry. I still use meters. I, I go, I'm the I rare track meters. and field and then meters. That's that's the hill I've chosen. Yeah, that's how I am too. Yeah. To die on. Um all right. Yeah, your bets. Bets and then bets? while you talk about your yeah, talk about your bets briefly and then I'll bring I'll try to find a death heat for tonight. So I kind of want to do a recap of the journey I've been on. So after the women's shot put, when I picked Valerie Adams to medal, I was up $475 profit. So I was at an all-time high going into today. But then this morning, or not not today, or yesterday morning, then I just started getting some losers. I lost my men's high jump pick, the Russian to medal, so I lost $100. Then I had Povia to triple jump to medal, lost another $100. Then I had an interesting bet where I needed either Baker or Curly to win gold in the hundred and that didn't work. So then I lost $150. So I was up 475 and then I went all the way down to being up 125, but then I went on a run and I'm on a great run right now. I got the Greece athlete winning gold, which was plus 350. I did a parlay with Harrison to medal and almond to gold, which got, gave me a plus 131 odds. I got that. I picked the El Bacale to win gold. That gave me some money. And then I lost the 5K because I was trying to chase some money there. I uh, lost 100 bucks there. So now I'm up 837 going into day, what, four? Where are we going into? Day four? Up $837. Day five. First question for you, Kevin. Did you envision mm. a scenario where I would have $837 in my pocket this late into this uh, experiment of betting $100 on every event? No, I was counting on you losing, and I was counting on you just becoming really depressed as the meet went on and being progressively less engaged and getting angry. So this is a strange, a strange turn of events, no doubt. Um, yeah, the big one there, Tentaglue, man, get you four on his last jump. By you got that by a centimeter, and and I guess the the parlay there too. So the Harrison getting the medal, I think that was pretty easy. But Almond Gold, yeah, you took some risks here yeah so now this isn't just about me it's about the people so i'm going to tell you guys my upcoming bets you can take it or leave it the odds probably are different now as things have gone on but i'm betting plus 225 on ride benjamin to win gold so that's that's going to be hard uh, that's later tonight i'm betting minus eight 118 for chris nielsen the medal and then i'm doing a parlay on Brittany Reese meddling plus Rudy Winkler meddling in the hammer. And that's a plus 123. I have yet to do a bet on the women's hammer throw. And I'll give you one more. Uh, I'm going with Riki to meddle in the 800, women's 800, with plus 115. I have yet to figure out my women's hammer throw and women's 200-meter bet. I'll figure that out later. But, yeah, so Reese, Winkler, parlay, both to meddle in the long jump and hammer throw. Benjamin Gold in the 400 hurdles, Nielsen medal in the pole vault, Riki medal in the 800, and then hammer throw and 200 for the women. Don't know yet. And then I do have a bet coming up. I have a I have money on Clayton Murphy to win gold. It's plus a thousand. Okay. So I'm excited. Here's what what's 
what's the smallest amount you can bet in your in the system that you use? Uh, a hundred dollars. However, That's small. No, I mean I not guess you 50, personally. 50. Okay. What do you mean? You can bet Listen. as little money as you want. You can bet two dollars on anything. I mean, there's a guy who he was a favorite a couple of weeks ago at plus eleven hundred. We just talked about and puts maybe on the rope a dope. Do it, maybe do it's a fifty dollar one. On that. Yeah, because then again, if you get it right, you make it up. I don't. Th- I I wouldn't say he's the the favorite now, but since you're since you're up, you can take a few risks here. Yeah. Well, that's what and... I did with Curly. Yeah, Curly was plus twelve hundred to win, and so I was like fifty bucks, and he almost won. That will that would have hit. So mm-hmm. this is why gambling is bad because you see this. And yeah, you don't this. don't do you don't feel do like what there's free doing. money everywhere and it, and it doesn't work yes. out. So no. hopefully the goal for me is to end with zero dollars. So then it shows that don't gamble. But it was a fun roller coaster. But right now I'm up 837 with, you know, 30 more bets to make. So I found the death heat that I want to talk about because it's a death heat. Well, in the next session, we have the men's 1500 first round. It's a first round. So you get a lot of people through here. But listen to heat one here, Gordon. Yeah, Cole Hawker in there. You got Cole Hawker, uh, Philip Ingebrigtsen. Oliver Hoare, Timothy Chariot, Josh Kerr, and Samuel Tafera. That's a, that's a pretty sick First six plus the next six fastest. So it may not, it may not end up knocking anybody out, but that is a, a pretty loaded heat when you talk about Chariot at the one? top. Yeah, Chariot, then you got Kerr mm-hmm. and Hoare, and then Philip Ingebrigtsen and, and Cole Hawker. So there's going to be a desire there to – to keep the pace moving because it is heat one and they don't know what they need to beat. Yeah. Heat does, two. How does Chariot run prelims? Does he go, is he like a sit and kick guy in the prelims the way he isn't in the final? Because final, it's going mean, to be I, fast, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to go out and run. I don't think he's going to go out and run like 54 for the first lap per se, but as I don't, it's, it, it's, it's not going to be like a 63. I, I don't think, I think you find something in the middle here. So Heat, let me go through the other Heats, though. Heat 2 has Lewandowski, Centro, Abel Kipsang, Jai Edwards, Jake Whiteman. And then Heat 3 has, let's see, highlighting, well, El Bacali's coming back after the steeple and doubling. <laughs> uh, Ingebrigtsen, Suleiman, Mosagala, Jake Hayward, Samatwo, Nagus. Among others, so I think yeah, I think Heat yeah, Heat number it. one earns earns the title of Death Heat. Yeah. Uh, and then I also heard that Heat two of the five K is pretty good. Heat two go of the five K. We pull that What's one. The five K is Yeah, we're already there. <laughs> we're already thinking about Heat two of five K. So McDonald, well, he's, he's good. Grijalva, welcome to the Olympics. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Justin Knight. Oh, it's like it's NCA season. Oh, okay. <laughs> Katir, Chalimo, ooh, Fisher, Cheptegai, ooh, Tiernan. So yeah, Fisher, Chalimo, Kip Limo, Cheptegai, Katir, and then McDonald and um, Knight. The two Ugandans, the two best Americans, and then also Katir, who. Mohamed Katir, for those who don't know, is having an incredible season for mm-hmm. Spain. And then throw in the other, like, 
strong guys like Justin Knight and Morgan McDonald. It's going to be baptism by fire for Luis Grijalva. I know that. Um, yeah, this is going to be wild. And it's what? How do they do? Top six? Is it that same thing? Top six, and then next, maybe it's top for five. 5K? Next five. Top, oh, top five. Man, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen here. So we, we got might see some carnage. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so the session tonight in the U.S. is going to be a morning session. That's so we're going to see Warholm and Rye Benjamin in that in that race. That's going to be the last race that happens again tonight in the morning over in Tokyo. Also, men's 200 heats. So we'll see Lyles women's 400 meter heats. So Miller Weibo is going to have to run that 400 in the morning and then come back at at night or in our time zone, run it in, at night and then come back in the morning. And then tomorrow morning, that men's semi. So we'll see two Noah Lyles races uh, between now and the next time we record women's 800 final and the women's 200 final. There's going to be a lot tomorrow. Tomorrow, like things really get, really get going here in terms of a lot of, a lot of big finals. And the podcasts get longer because more finals to talk about, more prelims <laughs> to talk about, more death heats, more gamblings. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I can lose eight straight bets now and still be positive, which is a good sign. I can go over eight, Spe- which is good. Speak it into existence, man. Speak it into existence. Exactly. exactly. As they say, there's no such thing as – or gambling is an illusion. Pressure. Losing your money is an illusion. Yeah, pressure. Yeah, money, money is an illusion. Money, money is, is money's not real. It's about to be an illusion if you keep. It's about confident. to be. Our email address. It's an illusion. Is <laughs> rent illusion utilities rent. illusion. Flowtrackpodcast.gmail.com. Subscribe to the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube channel. Recording these every morning for the rest of the Olympics, right after the action concludes. So you can hop on live and. Watch us. Also, download the show wherever you get audio podcasts. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. He's Gordon. I'm Kevin. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.